I'm Anna Webb. Welcome to A Dog's Life. It's been so windy lately, and when it's windy, I really think about air quality. And it's not only outdoor air pollution that perhaps we need to worry about. I'm about to jump on Zoom with Mr. Binks to talk to Tom Hunt, who has been investigating air pollution indoors with his Labrador called Baggy. His dad, Matt Hunt, is also joining us. Hi, Tom, are you there? I am here, yes. That's so lovely of you to join um, me on A Dog's Life. I've been following your story, actually, with your black Labrador, Baggy, and I've got to say, you've really been in the, the press a lot lately. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, it happened. It did happen. Um, you were in the mirror, actually, last Sunday, and um, explain why, why you were there. Um, the mirror, obviously saw what we were doing and they very they really liked it obviously and they found it very interesting what we were doing and as we mentioned in parliament they also picked up on that too now let's backtrack a bit when you say what we've been doing explain exactly uh, what you and your colleague baggy your black labrador have actually been doing so ever since it started Bagheera's had her atmosphere air pollution monitor wrapped around her collar and she's been measuring air pollution at a lower level, so like a baby in a pram chair, etc. And even it, it's like for dogs as well. And um, I've been having one around my, attached to my hoodie. And obviously the results are very different as lower down, you're more closer to car exhausts and that you're inhaling more pollution. So it isn't as good lower down. Yes, so basically what you're doing is a project to monitor the quality of air. Yeah. So um, at what level at the moment does government recommend that air quality is monitored at? Nine feet. Nine feet. Gosh, nine feet. Yeah. That's awfully tall, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know anyone who's nine feet. <laughs> <laughs> Nor do I, to be honest. It's very strange. Very strange. Um, and uh, yes, so really, arguably, that, that level isn't much help to uh, the general population, not least, of course, you, no, Tom, because what, you're, you're 14. How tall are you? Six foot one. Six foot one already? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm very tall. <laughs> well, how tall is Baggy then? Uh, I would say I'm not too shocked, Dad. <laughs> Obviously, she's about uh, half a metre at, at most, yeah. at head height. Yeah, so so the work that you're doing, which involves Baggy wearing um, an air pollution monitor on her collar, is that right? Yes. Tell us a bit about that. How did you find it? And what motivated you to actually, you know, build this team? You know, you're like air pollution detector dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Dad, well, Dad is in the right kind of industry and um, he got bored one day and he just decided to test it out on like he just bought an air pollution monitor for himself not for baggy and he was just testing it with all kinds of aerosols and outside with cars and then I got interested and I thought what would it, what would it be like at lower down and then we um, got sent some really good ones at Atmotube Pros by Atmotube and that's when things started to take off because the results were extremely bad then. 
So how does this little gadget work? Does it uh, suck in the air and then compute the yeah, levels? Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah, it has an app link to it and transfers all the data. It inhales the air around you. It, yeah. It's, it is a worry, though, isn't it, for our dogs? And I guess also yeah. for, for cats, because they are obviously a lot, lot smaller than nine feet. And with dogs, you know, the thing is, the smaller the animal, the faster the metabolism. Did you know that, Tom? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I learned that in science. <laughs> yeah, it's good, isn't it? It's like, so a mouse has a faster metabolism than an elephant. And it just shrinks, uh, it shrinks your lungs as well. So even with the dogs, because they're lower down, if, if air pollution wasn't a thing, they would probably live a lot longer because their lungs would be the full size that they should be. Yes, that's right. Because of their faster metabolism, you know, they inhale things quicker and then everything or the nasties that go in through their noses get circulated around their bloodstream and it goes into their lungs very easily. And it's it's all extremely worrying. Um, so with your conversations with government, what are they generally saying in terms of their nine feet idea and your idea? I'll butt in here, Anna, um, because I, I sort of liaise more with the government at government level than, than Tom does. They recognise that it's uh, um, the, the wrong height, um, but if they put it lower down, it's typically on lampposts. If they put it lower down, it's more likely to get vandalised. Um, so, the, the, so it's better to monitor the air at nine feet than not at all in, in, their, in their eyes. They are looking at smart lampposts and, and building sensors into the lampposts. And, and that seems to be moving a lot quicker and also lowering the sensors down um, to a lower level as well. Um, but that's probably years away yet. Well, yes, it's interesting, isn't it? Because obviously we've all just lived through lockdown and we're continuing to adjust to a new normal. And part of that is to encourage people not to use their cars, to cycle everywhere, because the air has been saved a bit, really, by COVID-19. In fact, nature generally yeah. is doing well out of this pandemic, whereas it, it's obviously affected us humans in, in myriads of ways. So it, it's all very, very topical. What is interests me is that actually some parts of the countryside may not actually boast the clean air that is often thought about in the country. What would you say to that? I, I would say it depends where in the countryside. You'll often find places like Fernham Beaches, Wendover Woods and such like places have big car parks inside the woods. Now as the cars are driving in, idling, people sat there listening to the radio with the cars idling, the, the exhaust fumes get trapped in the canopy of trees. So you often find that people trying to search for a fresh air, clean walk in the countryside drive to these places. And, and in fact, the pollution levels are uh, can be four or five times higher than outside the woods. And I guess we have to consider that everywhere really in the UK is never that far from a, a major motorway. And that can contribute to different pockets of air quality I would assume you're correct you, you tend never to be breathing your own pollution so if you've got a chimney yourself uh, it'll be somebody else that's breathing the fumes from that chimney if you're burning coal or wood so often you're breathing in pollution sometimes from the continent so it's not just a UK um, initiative it's got to be a, a European worldwide initiative um, because you never breathe in your own pollution basically unless you sat outside um, the back of your car um, it's, it's the main pollution is normally coming from miles away. Something else I wanted to mention, it's um, how flexible is this uh, air device? What's its name again? Atmosphere Air Pollution Monitor. 
Right. Okay. Is it, does it actually monitor for other uh, environmental stressors in the air, like insecticides and pesticides that can, you know, evaporate into the air that we breathe? Yeah, it monitors a whole range of, of um, uh, pollutants from um, PM, particle matter, i.e. dust, VOCs, NOx, um, so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, and it's the only gadget of its size in the UK that's got inserts. Now, that, to get an insert has to be tested in a lab uh, and show um, accurate results over a period of time to get that certificate. Without that certificate, the government wouldn't listen to us. With that certificate, they can't ignore us. Wow. So you're really kind of on the edge and really, you know, making ground then with government on this. So much yeah. so, um, Tom and Baggy were mentioned in, in Parliament. Um, a nice three-minute speech from Dame Cheryl Gillam, um, our local MP, to the Secretary of State to try and lower pram heights, uh, sorry, try and raise pram heights um, to get out of the um, terrible pollution lower down, which Tom identified by putting the Atma tube onto, onto Baggy. Yeah, it's brilliant. And, you know, I think the awareness there as well, um, obviously, from my perspective for dog owners is also so important. One of my dogs, Mr. Binks, who is the co-host of of the Dog's Life, he's only 10 inches high. So he's actually probably lower than some exhaust. So basically all of, you know, their... Um, extrusions are kind of overwhelming him you know they're on top of his head so he wouldn't potentially have any respite from any of the nanoparticles around here in an urban environment no not at all and in fact it's probably the lower down um we've done testing at ground level as well and you're you're correct in your statement um but then you've got the dust on the road you know whipping back up again so the longer periods of sunshine the more dust on the road a little bit of wind your, your little dog, Mr. Binks, is, um, is breathing in terrible pollution. Yes, yes. Well, fortunately, we, we don't really walk on the roads that often. Um, to, well, because of this, you know, it is a very serious issue. But there's other things, isn't there? You mentioned VOCs. Explain what they are to the listeners, Matt. Okay, well, VOCs are, are basically uh, it's volatile organic, compact, organic compounds now found in perfumes, in paint, in varnish in new carpet, anything that has a smell, basically, uh, that's man-made, will have a VOC. Um, I think we uh, uh, sent you a, uh, an exclusive video of uh, some uh, dry shampoo that we used on um, Maggie, which, because we wouldn't dream of using such products on, on Baggy. Um, I made Tom wear a mask, and good job I did. Uh, the VOCs in there um, topped out the monitor. The monitor goes up to 1,000, and tells you to leave the room basically immediately. And it was still climbing um, when, we, uh, um, when we did leave the room. So um, VOCs in, in products, um, again, um, plugins or air fresheners are terrible for dogs because um, it does sink quite fast because uh, a lot of these products are moisture based as well. Um, so they throw up oils into the air or, or, uh, or spray particles of, of moisture in the air that are perfumed and they do settle lower down. Um, we were shocked um, when, we did, when we did this test. Um, I, I felt ill and I, I'm, I'm not a hypochondriac or anything like that, but I didn't wear a mask when we were doing this um, in Tom's bedroom in a normal setting. 
Um, and I did feel quite ill afterwards. I was uh, a lesson learned that I'll, I'll put a mask on as well next time. Well, and that was with um, one of those uh, dry shampoo products for a dog, yeah. Yeah, we just followed the instructions, um, completely followed the instructions of, of the product um, and, and tested the air um, both at out high and, and lower down. And the, the results were shocking lower down, but they were just as bad higher up. So products like that, I think pet owners should be really, really wary. Like I said, we use Maggie, Maggie Stunt Double, which is a cuddly Labrador toy. Oh, I see. Yes. So, oh, so Baggy's got a double for the experiments. I like that. <laughs> a, a double that's not actually a real dog. <laughs> so, that's, that's uh, great. really good. Yeah, we yeah, and it is interesting. Lots of people, I think, don't think about um, pollution being indoors. So it's a fascinating subject. And the, the idea of these moisture particles then drying out in the atmosphere and then dropping to your floor, you know, where dogs go sniffing. Can you imagine, though, how this is for the dog in terms also of their sense of smell. Yeah, and it's an interesting concept from that because they might be inhaling the chicken you're roasting in the kitchen, but they're also perhaps inhaling, you know, dust particles made from bleach. Correct. I mean, the, 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 you know, I think you're aware that most um, household, 90% of household dust is skin. Um, but uh, the other 10% is, is made up of, of, of these kind of cleaning products, uh, potentially. Um, it's, I mean, using products um, to clean your carpet, shaking them on, um, and then hoovering them up. I mean, it's, it's disastrous for dogs, um, or cats, or, or, or any pet that's close to the floor. I mean, it would be, I, I don't know what it would be equivalent to on humans, but it, it, it's pretty nasty stuff. And, and the chemicals involved in some of these products are just frightening. Um, so the, the testing that we're doing and continue to do on different products. We, we are starting a campaign to try and remove some of these products from the shelves in supermarkets with pressure from uh, government as well. Um, they're not fit for human consumption, um, and let alone dog consumption, and they are consuming it. Just because you're smelling it doesn't mean you're consuming it. You are consuming it. So it is a consumable if you're smelling it. So they should be removed. And when, so have, has there been research, Matt, on, on some of these in, ingredients that you're talking about that implies a negative impact to your health? If there has been research, uh, I know there's, um, there has been some research from uh, uh, the Lung Foundation and the Heart Foundation, um, and certain asthma charities are, are doing research, but they haven't had the, the, the monitors that, we're, that we've got and are now available and on the market so um it's starting but it's it's not not properly being tested anywhere there's there's no lab in the uk that's actually testing these products for for vocs and the harm to dogs and um and adults and children alike and it's interesting also that in a way the toxicity could spread from dog products to humans for example with flea tick and flea treatments that you you know those spot-ons that uh, you, lots of people put on their dogs to stop fleas uh, if you've ever used one of those you'll notice the aroma straight away and yeah dogs don't like it of course because imagine how that aroma is smelling to them if you can smell it then they can really smell it magnified by about a million times and of course the similar thing happens these fumes evaporate and dust falls onto furnishings but we know those are insecticides and 
so there have been tests with some of these insecticides that proves that they not only kill bees, but they have been associated uh, with cancer. So, you know, it works both ways, perhaps. It does. Um, you know, I'll, we'll happily test them products for you and, get, and give you the results. Um, we've got a whole list of things that we want to test and bring to the government's attention. Um, and they can't ignore us, like I said, because this is the only device of its type unless you're going to go and spend 8,000 to 12,000 pounds, that's M-searched. So everybody can do these tests in their own home, um, you know, and, and start protecting their dogs and, and themselves. As, as you rightly said, um, we're breathing in um, dog consumables as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all such a shame, isn't it, really? As we, if we all just assume a more natural perspective in life, and there are products now available that are plant-based, right? Uh, so you can clean your home a bit more environmentally friendlier. Yeah, uh, there's, there's, there's many products out there on the market. There's nothing better than opening up the windows, um, you know, as long <laughs> as you're not in a heavy, heavy dent, you know, in an urban area with traffic streaming past, um, opening up your windows is... Uh, is the best air freshener that you can get. Yeah, no, totally. I agree with that. It can actually reduce any toxicity in the air by over 50%. But interestingly, just, you know, we've talked about carpets and keeping carpets clean and, and the worries there, but also, you know, with laminate floors and floorboards to a degree, because they all contain glue and glue is a, a product that's got formaldehyde in it. <laughs> um, and when I did my study with the College of Integrated Veterinary Therapies, we, I learned a lot about the environment and and air quality, obviously. And there's, there was this wonderful study that was done in Japan, right, Matt? And Tom, you might be interested in this, that apparently if you put normal dry builder's tea tea bags around an area that you're worried about having formaldehyde fumes oozing from, this Japanese study revealed that tea will absorb formaldehyde by 90% in the environment. Oh, that's really cool. We didn't know that, did yeah, we? we didn't know that. <laughs> Yeah, it was this coolest thing. It's one of the things I've really remembered from my, my study. So it's quite interesting how a sort of a natural herb like tea can actually balance chemicals. Yeah, look, I mean, there's, there's, there's natural products for almost everything in, in today's age. And, uh, uh, you know, we really shouldn't be using aerosol-based products at all, either in schools, in, in our homes because of our dogs or, or because of ourselves. We, we should be moving away. Um, from aerosols and you rightly as you rightly said it could be you know some of these products who knows could be linked to cancer um, both in dogs and and humans so um, the quicker we move away from them uh, the better um, I can't argue at all with you with that Anna. no brilliant well you know how's Baggy enjoyed all of his fame Tom uh, she's definitely loved it all the treats that she's got sent from Bone Idol she's loving all of it all of the walks she gets to go on, measuring everything. Well, even though we're not talking about outdoor, but indoor, all the experiments, even though we don't involve her with the aerosol ones. You know, your relationship with Baggy really is special, you know, not least because you've gone through lockdown together. You've written a book together. You've really, you know, challenged science on the recording of air pollution levels. How much does she mean to you? She definitely means a lot to me. She's not like any other dog I've ever seen before. So when you get in the pool, um, when she jumps in, she loves jumping in the pool. If you go underneath, she swims around your head because it's like she thinks you're drowning because she cares about people that much. And it's the same with dinner. When you get called in for dinner, she's sitting on top of the chair 
obviously that we don't allow that, but she'll be sitting on top of the chair <laughs> waiting for her dinner too. <laughs> she's very human-like and I love her very much. Yeah, and she uh, sounds like a good working dog as well for you. And also she's, um, she's the most funniest dog. I think she's funnier than any person I've ever met, to be honest. So, Tom, you know, your schoolmates, you, you know, you must miss them. You must have missed them through, through lockdown. But um, what did they think about your, your project? And do they like Baggy? Oh, yeah, all my friends love Baggy. At first, she's a very protective dog, but once he got on the soft side of her, she's lovely. And all my friends support it fully. They're proud of me. They're all behind me. It's very cool. Oh, that's great, isn't it? And in terms of, you know, you and her being... Um, in a team, how would you describe that? What's Baggy got that's better than anything else? Well, she has her personality. That's one thing. She's um, very enthusiastic, a very hyper dog. She does all the hard work, obviously, around here. She, she wrote the book. She did everything. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so tell us about the book. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, Baggy just actually came in there. Anna. Um, the book, yeah, Tom... T- Baggy just trying to get a fly. <laughs> <laughs> she does chase flies, Baggy. Um, so uh, we try and discourage it because uh, it, they might be a bee. Um, so, uh, but um, she is definitely a fly catcher. Um, the book, um, yeah, in, I encouraged Tom to write a book. Um, and that was written sort of in, in lockdown to keep him occupied and to collate everything he's done and to, to warn people um, of, of what potential hazards there are for pet owners and and themselves in 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 an environment um inside um obviously we're spending more time inside because of covid uh, and i think we'll be spending a lot more time inside over the next coming year so if we can protect ourselves by not using some of the products that we tend to use indoors um um you know tom tom wrote a book um about it and his experiences in his daily life um just before covid and and in covid so um the book's about how you can monitor um and some of the products to avoid inside your home gosh how useful and and where can people buy the book on amazon on amazon fantastic so that's easy i must say everyone must be using amazon at the moment so much more than they ever did before wouldn't you agree yeah we we we've used amazon a lot too and i think um the cardboard production in this country has gone through the roof, probably. Yes, and you know, so that's another aspect that's perhaps not so environmentally friendly. We may have cut our pollution levels down a bit through this lockdown phase, but uh, yes, perhaps trees are actually suffering and we don't know about it. Potentially, I think um, that will come out um, in stats in the future, I'm sure, Anna. Yes, yes, we're living in um, a very strange place, but it's, it's so heartwarming to, you know, hear your story and the changes that you're trying to bring about so um we really want to be updated so you promise you'll come back yes of course (laughs) fantastic well thank you very much tom thank you baggy are you a good girl and to you matt thanks (laughs) thank you (laughs) that's our show mr binks what did you think Yes, learning about indoor air pollution is very interesting because we always focus on the outdoor air pollution. Well, I hope you all enjoyed it. If you did, please subscribe. We're streaming on all platforms. And while you're there, go and give us a five-star review because it really will help other dog lovers find us. Thanks to my producer, Mike Hansen, 
at PodPeopleUK and of course to Tom Hunt and Bagheera at Bagheera Hunt and for Matt Hunt, contact at Your Animal News. What's that, Mr Binks? Oh yes, you're right, we are back next Sunday. That's because A Dog's Life is now weekly. So go on, subscribe, and then you'll never miss another show. Bye for now. Pod people. Thank you to Earth Animal No Hide Choose. Order yours now at earthanimal.com forward slash UK. Hey, you know, from Sister Rosetta Tharp, Lil Harding, Billie Holiday and Bessie Smith. And she was talking about what, what inspired her and Bessie Smith was somebody that came up. To the lovely Nora Jones, Amy Winehouse, the brilliant stars from Tomorrow's Warriors. Women have always played a vital but often overlooked role in the evolution and progression of blues and jazz. There's this amazing clarinetist based in New Orleans called Doreen Ketchins. I'm Colette Cooper, singer, actor, musician and host of Sisters in the Shadows, Women in Blues and Jazz, the new podcast from Pop People Productions. I'll be delving into the rich history of female artists, not just the vocalists, but the composers, the instrumentalists and the band leaders too. What impact did they have? Well, I mean, where was their influence felt today? Not just with women, but also with men. Why were so, so many female instrumentalists and composers overshadowed for so long? Why? And would there ever be an Elvis without Sister Rosetta? I don't think so. I'll be talking to broadcasters and musicians like the gorgeous Huey Morgan, the gorgeous Tony Minville, and the gorgeous Soweta Kinch, writers and historians, and some of the sparkling talent rising up in the blues and jazz scene today, like the brilliant Sarah Tandy, the brilliant Cherise Adams Burnett. As soon as anyone name drops, I, I would like write down in my little notebook, and that was the, one of the first instances that it happened with Clueless. I'm like, okay, I like what I hear. Who the hell Billy Holiday is? The brilliant Camilla George, the brilliant Numbia Garcia, and loads, loads more. About Rosie Turton, Hannah Boyer. I mean, they're just such a pleasure to work with and to know. That's Sisters in the Shadows, Women in Blues and Jazz, with me, Colette Cooper, the new podcast from Pop People Productions, in aid of Nordif Robbins Music Therapy Charity, which whom I'm a very proud ambassador for. So yes, it's coming soon to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your favourite shows.